0: It's early December and typically around this time we've seen snow and not this year though. The weather's been been a lot nicer. That said, you know that winter's coming. You know you're going to be hit here in the north. What can we do? What can't we do? I still want to be productive in these months that we're at home. The problem is I'm just not sure if I can do this particular project. Hey, Let's Build It on Radio.com with Corey Heppola and from Lindus Construction, Andy Lindus. I'm a very insecure man. I don't like to start projects and then not finish them, or or even more specifically, I don't want to start a project not knowing if I can finish it and do it right. So then I'm like, oh, maybe I just don't want to do it. I put these things off. Now, the one project in particular that I've been putting off and I haven't done, and now I'm getting to the point maybe I should do it, is painting our front door. We've talked about it numerous times here on on the show. It is yellow. I love our front door. I painted it about four or five years ago. It was something I was going to do this summer. And, in fact, when I was trimming trees, I broke my wrist. I never got to it. So now we're getting to the point where it's December. It's been nicer than normal out. Is that Mm -hmm. something I can do? We bring in Andy here. So, Andy, I want to separate this conversation. One, can you answer about the painting of the door? Can I do that? But then also, two, I, I want to break this conversation down into the top two home improvement projects that we can do in the winter. And then give me a couple that we can't do. So let's start, with, let's start with two that we can do.
1: Well, you know, we get this question all the time. Are you guys going to be able to do that this winter? Are you guys going to be able to do this winter? And most everything We can install if there's a, but there's steps that we would have to take, and it might be extra costs, and and sometimes it's not, it's not the best circumstances to get it installed. Then, so we only do it in extenuating circumstances. But one I get asked all the time is windows. Windows is something that we can install year round, no matter what. But people are always worried that their houses are going to be opened up. It's going to be cold. Think about this the average window after we remove your existing window for by the time we put a new window in is under 30 minutes so that opening is only open for a half hour and when we leave the job site every day everything is going to be buttoned up and you're going to be able to have a nice warm comfortable house that you can live in that night um so that that's something that i know our crews outside of polar vortex years we're working outside doing windows, even in, you know, below zero weather sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's one. That's one. The the other one that we're going to be on all winter, and, and a lot of this has to do with because people are finally starting to feel how cold and drafty their houses are. So they're calling us about this. And, and, and we've done a lot of roofing this year and inspect a lot of attics, but I know this. We will do about 70% of our insulation work December, January, and February mm. for for this next year. So we know that these next three months, we're going to be insulating all year round. And that's something that you can do, even if you do choose spray foam as an option, which they tell you, you want to condition space of at least 40 degrees, but you can condition almost any space, which brings me back to your front door, Corey. You can paint that in January if you want, because it's easy enough. You can take it off the hinges and it's going to be easier to paint that way on a horizontal surface versus vertical. You don't have to worry about the, the paint drips or anything like that. So you can let it dry, put it in your garage, put it on sawhorses. You're just going to be without your front door for a little bit. So if you can handle the cold that just your storm door brings in in January, you know, you might be able to push this off another month or two if you play your cards right. Okay.
0: So uh, you can do it, but, but really, I mean, that could be something that I say for the spring. And plus, you know, the other thing, too, with the winters, they're hard on on, on paint and doors and outside, too. And, and so maybe it's something that, look, it, you know, if it's going to get a touch up, maybe it's in the spring.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, for me, typically painting, staining, anytime you're using um, silicone glues, just don't work well as the weather gets colder. So usually Halloween is the drop dead date for us. A good rule of thumb is if you can see that you're going to get a stretch of weather, that's going to be in the low forties to mid forties, not just touching 40, but, but it's going to be, you know, 40 degrees for a lot of the day, then you can be okay and, and, and try to do painting. But for me, it's usually an October project. Once we get into November, we really slow down on that.
0: All right. So let's focus in. We've done a couple of a a couple of home improvement projects that you can do even in the winter. How about two that you should not do? Maybe you should stay away from this winter.
1: Yeah. Like like we were saying, like any type of painting, you're going to want to stay away from all winter. But having said that, um, another one that that, again, extenuating circumstances put off to the side. Yes, there are reasons where you're going to want to do your roofing in the wintertime, asphalt roofing in particular. But remember, these these shingles are very brittle. For us, when we do a winter install, Corey, think about this. Um, We live in the land of of 10,000 lakes. Ice shacks are a thing. We actually have portable pop-up insulated ice shacks we'll put over the bundles of shingles we'll Mm -hmm. run a heater in there for 24 hours and keep that heater going during the install to make sure that our nails are going to be going through the shingle properly and the glue actually has a better chance of adhering now the new shingles that are coming out they say that you can install them down to 10 degrees but still if you can stay away from a december january february March install uh, on roofing, you're going to be much better off. I, I know that this spring, I'll probably be called out to 10 to 20 jobs of that were been done by other contractors that are having shingles blow off because, you know, they tried to get it done. They, tried, they pushed too hard in the winter and the, the glues just did not adhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. in those ice
0: shacks, is that like you just can't fish in them? Is that it? It's like one of those? Is it a pop-up fishing yeah, house that you yeah, use? Yeah, it's
1: like a little pop-up fishing house. So they're insulated. And, and one of my roofing supervisors brought this idea up because it shingles when they're frozen. They're hard to deal with. They are they're they get stuck together. They tear apart. The nails will blow right through them. So he's like, hey, why don't we just get one of those portable ice shacks in there and put a heater in there and we'll call it good. And I'm like, that's a brilliant idea.
0: Yeah, no kidding. And it works. Okay. So that's one do you have a second one?
1: You know, deck footings um, have come a long ways. Now we have the, the spherical footings. We actually have a machine that will auger the footing into the earth. We have the diamond piers that comes with a tool that shoots um, metal rods in different directions. So you're getting a whole bell of earth that, that, that can't move or you got to hand dig. And as you know, when the ground gets frozen, that stuff is harder to do. Is it doable? Yeah. But what you got to keep in mind is the earth moves. And as it's frozen, it might move a little bit different. Uh, Now there are things that we can do and steps that you can take, but for us, it's one of those things that we're going to avoid doing. Once the ground is frozen, once the ground's frozen, we really want to stop putting in those deck footings. That's why right now I have crews out planning ahead so we can install decks in January, February we're out, putting all of our footings in and we're just going from one project to the next, installing the footings and getting the decks prepped for a winter installed, something that we prepare for every year.
0: Yeah. So we've got, we've talked about all the outdoor projects, things you can do, you can't do, but really winter, you're meant to do things inside and with it getting Mm -hmm. colder here this winter, there is one thing that we need to prep. Hey, here's health. You gotta prep your furnace. You know, you need the furnace this winter. But the other thing, Andy, that I don't get is I know I'm supposed to do something with it. I just don't know what.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, it's an intimidating thing for a lot of people. One, no one wants to wreck their furnace. Your furnace goes down in January. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but it's happened to me before. Mm. And 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 now. You're without heat. Luckily, I have some electric in floor heat and uh, a couple of space heaters that we can get going on. Even one, I remember one house, the furnace went out and we had the oven on and everything was two days. And we were happy that we were able to keep it at 50 degrees, but it's some minimal maintenance can really affect the longevity of of your furnace and and the, the health of your overall house and can really protect you in the long run. And for me, that's why I hire it out every year. But if you're a do it yourselfer there's some things that you can do to your furnace that that can really help. Um, first and foremost, changing your filters on a regular basis. Yeah. I, I, I can't tell you, Corey, how many times I've gotten into remodels and, and when we do blower door testing, we want to check the furnace and make sure it's off and things of that nature. But I've seen filters, Sucked up into the furnace. Mm. They've gotten so clogged and so bad. They're in there so long that they got sucked up into the furnace. And, and in fact, they thought the furnace, like, oh, we must have just taken the filter out and not replaced it and put a new filter in there. So now you got two filters. Imagine how much harder your furnace has to work in order to make that happen. So, <laughs> you know, that alone can make a big difference.
0: I thought um, I was this bad because I sometimes I keep a note in my phone too. change it at the first of every month. And then all of a sudden it's December 10th or whatever. And I'm like, God, did I do that or not? And then I got to go and change it. And I realized I, I missed the date. And I, but I do keep a reminder in my phone to do that at the first of every month. Just go down there and change it.
1: Yes, and 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 it, for us, we have to have. I'm with you. If I don't have an actual schedule, I forget about that stuff. My other one is the the salt and the water softener. Yeah, for crying out loud, I run out of that stuff more than I more than I should. So, um, I be, becoming a habit is a good thing for sure. Yeah, we hire um, yep, the,
0: just like you. We hire it out, though. You know, like so they'll yeah. come. They'll come and, and, and tune up the furnace or look at it a couple times a year. And they're, they are always trying to upsell you. Well, you could really do this. You could really do that. But to me, it's worth it. It's kind of a peace of mind thing to just know, like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. But still, these are things that, that you can do. So as you mentioned, number one, you got to make sure that that filter. But what, what else, Andy?
1: Well, you know, you can clean the uh, the the heat exchanger. I always bring a shop back down into my furnace if I'm doing any maintenance on there. I'm just get any of the dust and dirt and anything else that's accumulated in the actual combustion chamber out. out. And sometimes uh, blower mortar might need lubricating, but that's again, I'm I'm gonna leave that stuff up to the experts because. I've just been around way too many horror stories, Corey. Like, I've heard way too many people that have gone through either a carbon monoxide scare or have a relative that has even passed away from carbon monoxide. In my industry, when we're in this many houses, talking to this many people, we, we tend to hear those stories. And our, our good friend, uh, Denny Long, he he had that and was very close to not being with us today because of it. I mean, when, if he wouldn't have gotten out of his house and recognized the signs and and, and know, knowing what he knows, he, he saw the signs, he was able to get out, It could have been really scary and it's, it's odorless. It doesn't smell. That's why, you know, the maintenance on the furnace, I think is best left up to the experts. Like, again, you're talking maybe a couple hundred dollars a year to have that peace of mind. For me, that's worth it because outside of what we just talked about, yeah, that's easy. But the experts are going to come in. They're going to notice things. They're going to test things. And, and not only they might save you the day in January of going a few days without a furnace, but they might save your life.
0: Yeah. That's true. That's a great point. And I know Shaletta too, who she's lost family members from carbon monoxide poisoning. To your point, like it's 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 odorless. You can't really tell. Like there's just there's nothing and, yeah. and the other thing too is is make sure you have one of those um, carbon monoxide detects detectors as well.
1: Yeah, and and there's a reason why they, they come with a built in plug in, a lot of them. It's because they want you to put them in an outlet. And when when they're in an outlet, they're going to be lower to the ground because that carbon monoxide is going to sink pretty fast. So that's where it's going to go first. That's why it's going to go off there first. So hopefully before you start inhaling it, that, that, that carbon monoxide detector is letting you know. Hey, here's a pointer. Many people, when they're, when they're thinking about carbon monoxide poisoning, they're thinking about their gas fireplace, maybe their, their furnace. That's the, those are the, you know, the furnace and anything that heats your house are the big, big things that can cause that, your water heater. But another place that I always suggest people to put a carbon monoxide detector is in their laundry room, especially if they have a gas-powered dryer. Those gas-powered dryers can be just as big a culprit to carbon monoxide poisoning as any of the other appliances in your house. And, and in fact, one, it's used probably more than any of those other appliances in your house on a yearly basis. And if anything isn't maintained nearly as much as they should be, it tends to be those dryer vents. And when things start not flowing the right way, combustion can be, become an issue. It just seems like a smart thing to do. We always put them by our furnace a lot of times they get left out of the laundry room where that gas powered dryer can really cause havoc.
0: It seems like it's something that we bring up every year around this time, but Mm -hmm. I think there's a reason for that because it is, it's just incredibly important.
1: It is. And no matter how much we talk about it, there's going to be new stories this year where a family just doesn't make it out because they don't have the proper things in place. That's why every year I'm, I'm probably going to be talking about this for the next month straight. On, on the radio and, and in any type of media that we do. It's just something that for $15, really, yeah. it, can, it can save your life. What are the symptoms? Aren't they like headaches?
0: And, and it's like you're kind of losing consciousness and, and even stomachache too, I believe.
1: Yeah, it can be like like uh, nauseous. nauseous. You're getting, getting vomiting, but a headache is the big one. And here's what people don't understand. Usually, you're going to see somebody in your house go down first. And where they get into trouble is they, they they go and try to help that person. That should be almost a sign. Like if you get a headache, it should be a light bulb, get out and then ventilate that house as much as you can. And you're going to be much better off and a better chance of saving that other person. If you get out, take care of yourself first and then, and start to ventilate that house and get fresh oxygen in there, open up windows, break windows if you have to. And if you think that's what's going on, there's, there's really, you know, not a lot of time to be wasted at all.
0: Yeah. Heavy stuff, Andy, but important stuff. So I appreciate you.
1: Thank you, man. I appreciate you.